Psalm 145, starting in verse 14 tonight. The Bible says, The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Tonight I want us to look at prayer reminding us of God's closeness. Father, I pray that you'll help us now as we come to your word. May it be exposed correctly. May I examine your scriptures uh, with your Spirit's help. And Father, I pray that as we listen tonight, we'll be encouraged uh, and convicted where, it, where we need to be. Bless now in this service hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight, I really want to zero in on verse 18. If you'll look at it again with me, the Bible says, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. The Lord is near to us, is what this is saying. In fact, James 4.8 says this, uh, almost a parallel passage in the New Testament. It says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Tonight, I want us to really look at three areas or three things that kind of bring us closer to God and how prayer is instrumental in all that. First, I want us to see that the Lord is close to us when we pray. The psalmist says here in verse 18, The Lord is, Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him. The initiation of our relationship with God is initiated with prayer. Think back to the day you were saved. And you say, well, I can't remember the exact day. That's fine. But think back to the prayer that you prayed, the sorrow that was in your heart, the repentance that was there, uh, the necessary faith that you had to believe that Christ died for you. That prayer was really what the psalmist is saying here, that initiation process. God cannot be close to sin. He cannot be close to sinners. He can only be close to those who come to him with a repentant heart. And he says here, the psalmist says, the Lord is nigh to them that call upon him. Do you know why we have so many problems in our lives from a day-to-day -day process, uh, from a year-to-year -year process, in family settings, in work settings? We have problems because we don't call upon the Lord. Uh, it's nice to know that verse 14 gives us a reason for us to call. Look back to verse 14. The Bible says, the Lord upholdeth all that fall. It's, it's nice to know tonight that when we fall, when we fail, God does not fail us. When I fall and when I, I, I fail in my Christianity, when I let him down, God's not going to fail me. He comes and he upholds me. No matter what the situation of life, no matter what we have done, we can go to him and he will uphold us. That word uphold in verse 14, I underlined it and I wrote to the side, it means to support to rest, to refresh, or to revive. So the picture that the psalmist is here painting and leading up to verse 18, telling us that we should call upon the Lord, he's telling us when we fall flat on our face in our spiritual walk, when we come up completely short, God still upholds us. When we feel like we have fallen out of favor with Him and His presence is no longer close to us, 
We can go through prayer and ask God, please revive my spirit. Please refresh my soul. It's happened to us all. Every single one of us has kind of gotten that fuse burned all the way down. Uh, and we're kind of on our, maybe our, our, our last string, if you will, before it snaps. And, and we're just kind of frazzled. And, and our life is, is, is coming apart at the seams. That's when God upholds us. That's when He restores and refreshes us. But He'll only do it when we call upon Him. He won't just come and work in our life if we don't desire Him to work. If we continue in our sin, if we stay in that fallen state. The wonderful thing about a just man falling seven times is that, the Bible says, He riseth up again. You and I can't pick ourselves up out of the ashes except we look to God Almighty and ask for His help. God's closeness is felt When we pray, because it reminds us of our shortcomings. It reminds us of the refreshing and the reviving that comes through His presence. You will never know God's closeness more than when you go to Him after you fall. I don't know uh, where we are as far as sin is concerned in our lives and and what is in your life tonight. I don't know. But simply put, if you have fallen away from God, if that presence of His Spirit is no longer there with you, if you don't have that James 4.8 sense of drawing nigh to God, then it's because of sin and you've fallen short. You've fallen away from that close relationship. He says though also in verse 19, not just the Lord upholding us causes us to call to Him, but in verse 19 He says He will fulfill the desires of them that fear Him. To fear Him, in verse 19, does not mean to cower or tremble in the corner from terror. God is not saying, I will fulfill your desires if you are in abject terror of me. That's not what He's saying. The word fear here literally means to give God His due respect. Noticing and realizing and recognizing in our life who God is and the important vital role He plays in our lives. Do you recognize every day the importance of God in your life? See, prayer will help you remember the importance of God in your life. I noticed this. I think some of us might be a little cold. So when I see people putting their jacket back on, I I see it might be a little cold in here. Um, It's that presence of God. It's that fear and understanding God needs to have a central place in my life. It is through prayer that we draw back into this close relationship. uh, God will fulfill the desires of those who are at peace with who He is. You see, sometimes we recognize who God is and we understand His position of of omnipotence and omniscience and, and all the attributes that only He has. We understand that, but we don't give Him His place. We're not at peace with it. We struggle with it. God, I I know this is what you want to do in my life, but I just don't want to listen to you in that area. God, I just really don't care what you think. I'm going to do it my way. This is an understanding when we call to Him, we have to understand that we're at peace with who He is. That His will is perfect, and it is right. The word peace actually means to reconcile or to join in some instances in the Bible. In fact, a group of missionaries were translating the Bible, uh, and they were working very hard to find the word for peace in a particular tribe's language. And they couldn't find the word peace in that tribal language. And finally, one of the natives came to them, and they had decided on a combination of words. When they put the combinations of words together, the literal translation for the word peace now meant this, a heart that sits down with. You think about that. When we are at peace with who God is and when we are at peace with what He's doing in our life, our heart really can sit down with Him. 
we're comfortable. There's no angst. There's no anxiety. There's no uh, distrust of who God is and what He's doing in our life. We trust Him completely. It is then that we can call upon Him. It is then that He will fulfill the desires that are in our heart. Tonight, are you at peace with God's will in your life? You'll never experience His closeness through your prayer life unless you are. Unless you understand who He is, give Him His rightful place in your life, and then obey. But it's, the Lord is close to us when we pray, but He's also close to all who pray in truth. Look at verse 18 again. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. When you and I call out to God, we must do it empty of sinful, of sinful thoughts, sinful desires, and sinful feelings. To call upon Him in truth, we must understand that sin, or understand, excuse me, sin as God does. Do you understand sin the way God understands it? You see, He says, call upon me, but call upon me in truth. That word truth really means sincerity. It means a genuineness. Sometimes when we call upon God and we don't have our prayers answered, it's because we don't expect Him to answer. We're not sincere. We're not coming in truth. We have lack of faith. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. So think about what the psalmist is here is writing. He said, listen, He will answer when you call to Him. He will answer for those who need to be upheld. He will fulfill the desires if you are at peace with Him. He says also, though, you need to ask with a sincere heart of faith. You'll never feel God's closeness in your life. You'll never feel His presence working in your life so long as you do not see sin as He does. God hates sin. I heard this little thought, and it's quite a few of them, so stay with me here. Man calls sin an accident. God calls it an abomination. Man calls it a blunder. God calls it blindness. Man calls it a defect. God calls it a disease. Man calls it chance. God calls it a choice. Man calls it an error. God calls it, an, calls it enmity. Man calls it fascination. God calls it fatality. Man calls sin an infirmity. God calls it iniquity. Man calls it a luxury. God calls it leprosy. Man calls it liberty. God calls it lawlessness. Man calls it a trifle, something not important. God calls it a tragedy. Man calls sin a mistake. God calls it madness. Man calls sin a weakness. God says it is willful. I wonder in your life if you truly see sin as God sees it. You see, what happens in our life is we go to God and pray and we say, God, you're just not answering my prayer. God wants to answer your prayer. That's what the psalmist says here. But we need to go to Him in truth. Have a genuine, sincere heart and understand sin as God does. As something that cannot be tolerated. If our prayers are to be heard, if we are to be close to God and have Him close to us, we must call upon Him in truth. You see, most of our prayers never make it out of our bedroom. They never make it out of where our devotions happen. They never make it out of the church house. They only bounce off the roof and echo around the room because we're not asking in truth. We have to have sincerity in our heart. Truth comes by way of cleansing. You will never feel closer to God than when you have cleansed your heart from sin. Cleansing comes from knowing God's Word. Knowing the standard. Knowing what we are held to. You see, the, the problem with the unsaved world while their prayers aren't heard is because they don't know how to ask for it. They have no advocate. You and I, if we are saved, we should have no sin in our life. We should not regard sin. 
so that our advocate, Jesus Christ, and our aid, our comforter, the Holy Spirit, both can help our prayers make it to the Father. You and I have two persons of the Godhead working for us if sin is out of our life. We need to know God's standard. We need to know the cleansing that needs to be in our life. You see, the word truth means pure, means it's true or accurate. I often think of a line running true. I've told you many times about the house at my dad's house, but when I was a single guy, I helped build the basement. I made it into a bachelor pad, if you will, and I had a little media room and had a bedroom and had a storage room down in their basement, and I built this room, and if you looked at the walls, there was never a 90 degree in the room. Because I didn't have a true line. I didn't have a standard that I followed. There was no exacts in the room. In fact, most of the rooms were probably on an 88 or a 94 degree angle. The walls would it look like a fun house, to be honest with you. And since I've moved out, my dad paid a guy about six grand to come in and fix the house that I messed up. All right? But simply put, truth comes by cleansing. Knowing God's standard. Listen to what Jesus says in John 15, verses 3 and 4. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. We're talking about prayer bringing that closeness with God. Jesus Christ says, listen, you're clean through the word that I've spoken. He's the living word. You and I are clean through God's word, knowing the standard and obeying the standard. When we are clean, he says, then you abide in me and I in you. Boy, that's close. That's, that's, a, that's a very tight-knit uh, relationship that is there. He said, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye... Except you abide in me. Now, I was sitting around, I was a little bored, I guess, today, trying to put some illustrations into this sermon, trying to figure them out. Uh, let's suppose that a person only sins three times a day. Uh, a sin in the morning, a sin at lunchtime, and a sin before they go to bed. Okay, imagine that. That's, that's pretty good. I think you and I would consider that person a good person. Just three sins a day, right? If you only committed three a day, would you consider yourself a pretty good person? I would. I would think that's great. I'm a pastor. I got to thinking, though, if we kept that process, uh, and from the age of 10 years old, let's say a person was saved then, and they continued that process until they were 80 years old, do you realize that person would have committed 76,650 sins in their lifetime? You say, boy, you did have a lot of time. Well, it wasn't that hard. I had a calculator. But uh, imagine nearly 80,000 sins, and this from a life of a good person. Now imagine your life. Why are your prayers not heard? It's because we don't live by the book. When you commit a sin, if you are quick to confess it, God forgives it. By the way, if you're not quick to confess it, He will still forgive you. He will forgive you of the sin that, that you've committed. But we ought to be quick. Keep short accounts with God. When I sin, ask for forgiveness. Come and confess it immediately so that my prayers are not hindered. So that my relationship, the closeness of God and His presence in my life can still be a very real and important thing. It's nice to know that God and His cleansing, once it happens in our life and we ask for forgiveness, that closeness is restored. Even if we're not as good as we might think. Three sins a day, by the way. I, I think some of us probably go way beyond that. And my wife would attest that I probably go way beyond that. But three sins a day. And we consider that good. Those sins will still separate us. It will still diminish our relationship with our Father. Finally tonight, the Lord is close to all who humble themselves. Take your, uh, keep your finger here and go with me to James chapter 4. 
James chapter 4. Find the book of Hebrews and go back one book to James chapter 4. I read for you James 4 and verse 8. I think it's kind of a parallel passage to that Psalm 148.5 and verse 18. But go back with me to verse 6. James here is, is speaking to sins and, and, and really ungodliness that, is in, that were in believers' lives. And then he says in verse 6, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but, what? Giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Then we get to verse 8. The verse on the closeness, the tight relationship that we must have with our Heavenly Father. Draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. So you see a prerequisite here of having a good prayer life is having a relationship of humility. Coming to God and saying, I am a sinner. You see, we can't come to Him and ask any request if we don't have a close relationship. We must develop a true, sincere, genuine thoughts towards sin that He has so that we can have fellowship one with another. And we must humble ourselves to do that. You and I have to have a humble spirit. Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14, uh, it is the verse for the National Day of Prayer. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. God's prerequisite to answering their prayer was to humble themselves. You see, if we understand that the way God has set it up in the Bible, when we sin, we are choosing to disobey. We are in our arrogance and in our pride saying, God, I know better than you do. And I am convinced that each of us in here have sins in our life that we tell God, hands off, leave me alone. I know better than you do. These are my feelings. These are my ambitions. These are my dreams. These are my plans. This is my life. Get your hands off. And God says, I can't be close to you until you humble yourself and pray. I have to come in truth, in sincerity, with a genuine heart, hating sin like God hates sin, but I must do it in a humble spirit. I can't just walk up to God and say, you owe me. God owes us nothing. When we truly understand who we are in His eyes, and we humble ourselves, then we move into that truth section. We are living in a true and godly standard. We are living sincerely before Him. Then God will answer our prayers. God's attention is caught. His presence is revealed in our lives. It is sustained when we are clothed in humility. When our requests are made with a contrite heart, God will be near to us. Psalm 34 and verse 18 says this, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. If you are living tonight in a sin, and you are saying, God Leave me alone. None of your prayers will be answered. Let me, under, let me say, underscore that again. If you are living with a sin that you will not relinquish tonight, none of your prayers will be answered. He is under no obligation to answer your prayers when you do not humble yourself. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Back in Psalm 145 and verse 18, if you'll turn there again. We see that same thought. 
The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. I wonder tonight, do you feel the closeness of God? Was there a time in your life where God was closer than He is tonight? Then I would recommend to you, get sincere about it. Call upon Him in truth. Understand the gravity of the situation, if you will. And then humble yourself so that God will indeed be inclined to answer your request. Tonight, if you don't feel the presence of God, if you don't know the closeness of God in your life, it is because of sin, plain and simple. It might be a a sin of commission that you've committed, or it might be a sin of omission. Things that you should be doing that you're not. Therefore, the hymn that knoweth it do good and doeth it not, the Bible says to him it is sin. There are things that you should be doing on a regular basis. And if you're not, you are also sinning. Those sins also separate you from God's presence in your life. His power, His answering of your prayers. If your prayers are not answered, it's because God is far from you. Humble yourself tonight, call upon Him in truth, and He will, as verse 14 says, uphold you when you fall. God wants to help us. See, what we get is this picture of, of, of a vengeful, angry, hateful God standing afar off from us. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is one who wants to lift us up. In fact, if you're in Psalm 145, look at verses uh, 14 and on. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The psalmist is not painting a picture of a hateful, vengeful God who says, I want nothing to do with you. Rather, he's saying this is a loving, merciful God. In fact, a few verses before, in verse 9, the Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. God wants to have a close relationship with you. If you don't have a close relationship, it's not His fault. That's why James wrote in 4.8, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Prayer helps us understand the closeness of God. And really, it helps us realize the lack of presence of God in our life. Tonight, as you consider prayer, how close are you to God? Is He real in your life? When you had your devotions this morning and you prayed, was it a standard prayer of a get it done, get it said, and get out the door? Or was it meaningful? Was there meat to it? Was there a presence with you? Oh, I'm not talking the, the Pentecostal holy power where we get in the Spirit and raise our hands and run around the room. But I'm asking you, when you pray, do you feel the presence of God in your life? You say, do you preach all the time? There's times when I have sinned. It's hard for me to feel the presence of God. Again, not because He doesn't love me, not because He doesn't want to be there. It's because I have sin in my heart. If we regard iniquity in our heart, God cannot abide with us. Tonight, I encourage you, pray. If there's sin, seek forgiveness. Humble yourself. Get into a sincere, truthful relationship with God and commit, or, or confess those sins back to Him so that His presence can be felt in your life again.